Welcome to the RCCF Podcast. I'm Phil Forrester, owner of Rock City Complete Fitness, and today we are going to focus on nutrition. And with me today is my lovely, beautiful, talented wife, Lori Forrester, also owner of Rock City Complete Fitness. Welcome, Lori. Hi. <laughs> and also joining us is Heather Berry. Heather Berry has been with Rock City since, oh man, almost the beginning, and she is our one of our nutrition coaches. And she's joining the podcast today to talk about RCCF and Rock City's uh, uh, position on and how we think about nutrition. And hopefully today you'll get a lot of good things to take away to apply to your own lives with regards to nutrition and food and dieting. So welcome, Heather. Thank you. Hello. So to kick this off, Let's talk a little bit about the origins of nutrition coaching at Rock City. So, Lori, <laughs> when, we, when we did this thing, uh, how early did you decide that nutrition was going to play a big role? Oh, my goodness. Uh, the minute we signed the papers. <laughs> and why? Um, yeah, I have a background in um, some bodybuilding, physique stuff, and nutrition was the number one thing when it came to changing the way I felt, changing the way I look, the results I had always wanted to see that I could not get from just working my butt off in the gym. And so once I discovered that and learned that through that process, I knew that I could not own a gym without also going there. And it's not, it's not typically what people want to talk about right, right. off the bat. Well, and that was the big eye-opener for me. Mm -hmm. is, you know, as we talked about in our last podcast about the origins and your, your origin story, is the question was asked, you work out a lot, why aren't you more cut, right? <laughs> yeah. That I almost got killed for. Um, <clears throat> but it brought to light the conversation about nutrition and, and eating. And because I'm not a dieter, I don't really relate to the concept of dieting for weight loss. What I saw was you focusing on food to get your body to look a certain way, mm -hmm. which really changed the dynamic for me in terms of what does that mean to diet, right? And I think that's mm -hmm. when you talk, when people talk about wanting to be fit, the only thing I think about or had thought about was exercise, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I think doing that elevated it, at least from an outsider looking in. Yeah, um, for sure. There was dieting for a physique show. Sure. We, I was eating, you know, too little. We've talked about this sure. in the past. Um, I was dieting for something very specific. And so I know from being around people and the working out and, you know, very few people are actually working out just because they love working out. Right. I mean, most people that I know are doing it because they want to look better. Oh, yeah, they love the way they feel. They love the way uh, their body moves better. They can carry their kids up the stairs. There's lots of reasons why they work out. But the number one is that they want to look good. Right. And to look a certain way, to look good, you've got to incorporate some better choices right. in your fitness. Well, and a lot of people will say, I, in, their, in their mind, to look better, it is, I need to lose weight. Right. <clears throat> Those That's, are synonymous, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm in the typical conversations yeah. we have. So yeah. so in order for that to happen, in your mind, can't just work out, got to have a nutrition offering, mm -hmm. got to have some way to talk about and it. And it doesn't always mean eating less either. Right. 
And I think that's the misinterpretation of a diet, not dieting, right. is that sometimes you need to eat more. You just need to eat more good foods. Yeah. So, Heather, as you now, since as being a nutrition coach, uh, you came to Rock City, what, early on, probably within a year of us opening up? Mm-hmm. I think I joined in the fall of 2018. Okay, so yeah, oh, right yeah. out of year. Mm-hmm. And then I started working with you guys like in the summer of 2019. Yeah. So why nutrition coaching? Why did that elevate in your mind to something you, you wanted to do? Well, just thinking of my own um, experience in nutrition, I think I've been on opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, at one point in my life, I was the person going through the drive through two or three times a day, like never cooking a meal, drinking sweet tea, you know, Route 44 Diet Cokes from Sonic and all that. And then on the complete opposite end, um, I would not put anything unhealthy in my mouth, you know. And when I would sit down with my family for a meal, I could not bring myself to eat the burger and fries because of the guilt that I had. Um, I remember not eating cake on my daughter's fourth birthday. And just anything that I deemed as a bad food, I didn't want to put in my body. And so that's when I showed up here. And I really loved how Lori uh, and Rock City just came from this holistic approach. And really, there's a middle ground. You know, but we, team, we, we seem to think in terms of extremes big extremes. And so we've got to find that middle ground. And that's what I found here in the balance of, of all, of all of it, you know, with no restriction. Right. And so you went through a certification program. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, we went, I went through the healthy steps nutrition program, um, that, that rock city partners with, I did that. And then about a year after that, I went through the precision nutrition certification. Okay. And so what did you learn through that process as you, just in general terms, as you were tackling becoming a coach to help people? It was a lot of really getting people to understand that that diet culture and what it's instilled in us and kind of breaking that mindset of um, less food is not what we're getting after. We're not cutting calories. We're not cutting food groups. There truly is um, a balance that you can achieve with with everything that you enjoy, whether it's a date night with your husband or a friend's birthday. Like you can enjoy life, and you can still make healthy choices most of the time. Yeah. So, Lori, as we were thinking about putting a product together, right, an offering um, that presents challenges. So, in in so, how did you? How did we decide? the offerings, like here's what we're going to sell or project (laughs) to the market. What did we try? It was a lot of trial and error. Sure. Um, We've done just just offering one-on-one coaching. Um, And I think the hardest part about it is how other people view it. And Mm -hmm. and like Heather was saying, we're not restricting, we're not – and people come in with a certain idea. They're like, what am I not allowed to do? My life's going to be – just hell. My husband's not going to get anything good and I'm not, you know, we're never going to get to go out. And they assume it's going to be restrictive. So, um, I think the, the, the first thing was for, to try to explain to people that I'm not here to send you to the stage for a figure show. I'm not here to have you drop 30 pounds in 30 days. Like all the commercials say, we're here to, to learn to eat, not learn to diet. And so, 
explaining that, that it, this is a, a longer process, was difficult. But... But that was a challenge. Yeah. Because the, here's the reality. We didn't have very many people want to buy that. No, we didn't. Because... Uh -huh. It didn't have a name. Right. Well, it doesn't have a name, <laughs> and it was presented as something that took a while. That and wasn't quick. Th sometimes there's an expectation, not always, but there are people who are coming in expecting to see results or get results or something that is going to happen quickly. So when you couple a, uh, the fast expectation for results with the no restriction message, those, this like, well, yeah, that makes no sense. Makes no sense. So I'm not going to invest in something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a hard message, and I think it's still hard. Well, and, and I think initially, we relied a lot on logic mm -hmm. to explain it, talk about it, <laughs> give a lot of information, mm -hmm. talk, and it all makes complete sense, and everybody will agree, mm -hmm. right, Heather? Yeah. Absolutely. We'd have the meetings, right? When, when they sit across from you in their first consult, and you lay it all out, what they say. Sounds great. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm committed. That's yeah. all I have to do? Yeah. This is easy. <laughs> Man. And they, they feel good and you feel positive. Right. And then you get your first check-in a week later. Now what? My kid was sick this week and I just I couldn't I seem I to, to... Yeah. I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't even hard, right? I mean, we're not, we were just really trying to get people to start documenting like the first hurdle was even let's just be aware of what we're eating right and then we come a week later what happens well i don't know i mean i think i sort of you know so you're already processing man you're not even willing to participate in the first step of this process mm -hmm. right that there's a constant barrier uh, throwing up right right in front of you right and that's life right right we're always going to have something right not, not go our way we would get the exceptions. I mean, there were some people who would buy in, and they're yeah. like, oh, I'm all in, and they'd do exactly what you told Absolutely. you to do and do that stuff, but that wasn't well, typical. And one of the things I think that is, is difficult, too, is putting a time frame on something. Um, when And this is hard for the coaches. This is hard for the client, is when we're saying, okay, we're, we're going to buy into a 12-week right. thing. They're mm -hmm. like, okay, click. Yeah, the timer, timer starts, on, right. Right? You start the yes. clock. Okay, that's all. You just want me drinking water? Well, mm -hmm. I'm not going to get there in 12 weeks. If all you have me doing is drinking water, mm -hmm. this doesn't work. Right. You know? Right. So we have to explain, you're trying to, you're trying to go to step 10, and you're still back mm -hmm. here at number one. So that time frame is hard. Right. But, but if you don't give them a time frame, so this is the catch-22 yeah. for us in terms of what you offer to the public. What we're finding is if we don't set some type of expectation, there's a undercurrent belief that, well, then this must not really work or there's not, there's no end to it. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's like somehow there's going to be an end. I'm going to start here. I'm going to do these things. And then there's going to be an end. And what we're trying to communicate is there really is no end. Now I say this every single client check-in. Remember there is no before and after. Mm -hmm. Only a before and during for the rest of your life. But that's not the message right. that the market delivers. No. How many times do we see in every ad a before and after picture? Mm -hmm. A before they started and then after. Mm -hmm. After what? You after destroyed what? your metabolism? Right. Yeah. 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 And so I think the chance, so as we are facing the burden or the, the barrier of this preconception, 
because everybody is everybody reacts based on an expectation. I mean, if you think about you set an expectation, you're either happy or sad, you know, thrilled or upset based on the expectation you have, even when it's the exact same result. You could have one result and it would be way better, and you're like, oh, this is awesome. Same result, expected more, upset, pissed off, disappointed, waste of money, all based on that expectation. Absolutely. So I, I think that's part of what we're fighting is we're fighting through a preconception and then layering in a, a reasonable expectation of what they're going to experience as they go through in a transformation. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. I think like helping them understand the realistic expectation too, you know, because uh, how many times do you talk to someone and they think in their head that they're going to drop 20 pounds in four weeks. And we know that's not realistic the way that we do things and that sustainable method, which is what our mission is, is for you to do this for life. You know, there's no timeline or deadline on this. And so... Getting well, I, people yeah. to understand that. And I think that speaks to the problem we're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's, yeah. a, there's a few problems we're trying to solve. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that, but the big one, when you, when you layer in the big problem, there's really two based on what you guys have been describing. The first is to get them to understand that you're not going to outwork a bad diet. That's just kind of that first one, right? No, right. no matter exercise, no matter cardio, no matter if you're eating like, if you're eating the fridge or eating like crap, <laughs> you're not going to outwork it. Fair? Yep. That's I, very I fair. I know people that do CrossFit six days a week, and they get on that in-body scale, and they're like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I've been kill- I'm like, yeah, well, have, you, have we, well, can talk we talk about, about your nutrition? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I don't know. I'm right. going to get to that later. Right. Okay. And it just doesn't, it just flat doesn't work. No. Now, do you have more flexibility in what you choose to eat if you're exercising? Probably, but that, that's a destination. That's a down the road. That's Depends not how old you are. Man, it means true, <laughs> as I'm experiencing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that. But that's problem one, and unfortunately, that's just a knowledge problem. That's like a, you know, we tell you that, we'll talk about that, but then it leads to problem number two, which is engagement. How do you offset that preconception that it has to happen fast? How do we keep them engaged long enough so that the new habits we're building take hold to then sustain them long-term? That's actually the bigger problem in problem number two. Fair? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's kind of talk about how we're going to approach this. And I think the the realization, Heather, talk a little bit about your experience and you've had a bunch of clients, you've worked them through and you've kind of come to some realizations that we're going to have to do a better job in certain areas. Well, uh, first acknowledging this is not a knowledge problem. Right. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is not a knowledge problem. We all know we need to eat vegetables. We need to eat some protein. We need to drink water, right? We need to move our bodies. But most people are not doing that consistently enough to really get that desired outcome right. that they're looking for. So seminar time, books to read, right. podcasts, podcasts to listen to. influencers, yeah, just everything. In taking in all the knowledge, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Not going to solve the problem. Let's talk about how many diet books I had on my shelf <laughs> right. yeah. when I was not cut. Right. <laughs> so if you're going to engage in coaching, right, 
this has to trans transform from a knowledge engagement to an activity and action engagement. Fair? Absolutely. Right. So that's step one. Is, yes. Is, is, we, we're not solving a knowledge problem. Right. Expect to work. Expect accountability. Expect to perform. Expect to engage because that's what you're actually getting. Mm-hmm. If you're coming to me wanting to buy nutrition, coming to us saying, yeah, I want nutrition coaching, expecting this to be a knowledge transfer, and mm-hmm. you'll go off and, woo, that, that's not what this is. We'll have it, but that's not what this is about. Fair? Yeah, right. I'd expect to be committed and do the work because yeah, and open we can't to do it for you. Yeah, Open to learning. Yeah, and I, I, so, so number two, and I think we learned, is in the early days, we had an elevated expectation of what people could actually do. Yes. In a certain period of time. (laughs) So let's talk about that whole backing it down a little bit in terms of expectation. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that in the early days, we probably tried to tackle too many things at once. um, Because I think as a coach, I don't know about you, Lori. I'm sure you have felt this way. But you feel pressure to get the result for them, right? So So you want to deliver and you want to be doing all these things and... um, you want them to get what they're paying for. Yeah, exactly. You want them to find value in what you're doing. And so, and two, like you want to help change their life. You want to see them do well. And so I think we threw a bunch of tasks, of actions for them to just to go out the doors and just carry on with life and be able to do X, Y, and Z. Because more is better. Yeah, because that's what we <laughs> all more, do, right? More valuable. And they're paying. More. And they're paying yeah. for it. Yeah, so they're going to find value in all of this. And then they... Uh, leave the doors and life happens. Stress at work, sick child, you know, travel on the weekend, whatever it is. And they don't carry out those actions that they walked out of here committing to. They just pause. Yeah. Life gets in the way. They just pause. Right. They just, they just pause and they say, Oh, I'll start. I'll start it again on Monday. I'm going to reset. I I just need a restart. (laughs) That's my favorite word. Okay, I'm going to start over again. I think I need a cleanse. Yes, like, and then you find um, the same people always wanting to reset. You know, so I think that was one of our big mistakes. Well, and it was, and it was in a constant state of reset because you're sending the same people out into the same environment with the same set of habits Mm -hmm. and giving them new knowledge hoping for a different result. Sure. Right? So one derailment, people will divert back to the easy spot. I mean, that's human nature. Absolutely. Right? So what we're fighting here is human nature to some degree. Yeah, we have to be okay with being uncomfortable. Right. You know, and being able to sit in those moments that we're thrown off off track or the moments that we want to throw in the towel and think, like, this is not worth it anymore. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is we fall, we fall into the trap on our side and the coaching side is defining success or failure in the result. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. If the, if the body fat percentage didn't move, the weight, the, 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 the uh, uh, scale didn't move at all, then we as coaches carry this burden of, well, then we're failing. We got to do more. We got to push yeah. harder. We got to hold more accountable. Is that fair? Yes. Yes. Um, our other nutrition coach, Timey, and I, you know, we're, always just we carry that and Heather and I have talked about this we carry that that burden so hard when people are disappointed we're Mm -hmm. like oh you know what is it we're just racking our brain trying to figure out well the truth is every body is different the age the we don't know if they're telling the truth Mm -hmm. right right 
Well, I think, they, yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the the hardest pieces <laughs> is when you're when you're defining success based on the result, mm-hmm. you you tend to gloss over <laughs> the things that produced the result. Right. And so, and because there's a fear in as the coach from the coaching side of the conversation of looking at you and going, "Are you sure you logged everything?" Yeah. And then, "Are you sure you did?" and it's like we search for the best ways to answer the question because you're a paying client. We don't want to offend you and want everybody to feel good. But in reality, there could need to be a very uncomfortable and harsh conversation that goes, there is no way that if you're doing everything you say you're doing, it produces this result. No way. Yeah, unless there's a medical condition. Unless there's a medical condition that could and prevent it. And it could prevent, but... We would at least know that and factor that into the results or factor that into right. the equation. But some people would prefer there be a medical condition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We actually, yeah. We actually had a client who wished they were sick, so they wouldn't. We were hoping they were getting a bad medical right, uh, right. report um, so that they could explain their, their weight gain. <laughs> nope, just food. Nope, just the pie. Just the pie. Um, so I think this, this really opened the door for us to understand that this is going to have to be small bites. We have to define success based on the movement of one habit, not 10. Yes. yes. That then builds on the next one, that, that builds on the next one, which requires patience. Right, Absolutely. Heather? Yep. Patient with the process, and that can be the hardest thing to tackle, especially in the beginning, is just getting someone to trust it and just to keep doing this that same mundane, ordinary task every single day that's not fun or pretty that you're going to get tired of, but just continuing to do it day in and day out. Yeah. If you're relating this to fitness and, you know, a lot of people that do CrossFit, like we weren't, we're not sticking you up on a bar or the rings to do muscle-ups before you can do pull-ups, before you can do hold your body weight on the bar. So nutrition is very similar. If Don't ask me about which spices mm-hmm. burn more fat. If you're still driving through McDonald's, let's, let's cut down our drive through mm-hmm. McDonald's time first. Let's nail that. And we'll start talking about more specific things, right. just like exercise. Right. Well, and just like exercise, too, you think about somebody getting stronger in, in like, bench press. And the more reps you do the stronger you're going to get. Well, it's the same way in the kitchen. You know, the more times you make that that choice that's going, that's more in, aligned with who you want to be, then you're getting stronger. You're building that, that muscle, that nutrition muscle too. So, you know, people see you out there working out. You've got all eyes on you, but nobody sees you in your pantry eating the Roller Ritz crackers with the squirt cheese. And, and, and that's when it does taste the best. When I know. When you're alone. When what you're is by that yourself. About? So it's really... <laughs> It, it it's such a big part of someone's overall well-being. Yeah. Well, and then that kind of lends itself to the external, which is the moment someone, it seems, the moment someone decides they want to start addressing their nutrition, then their their family traditions come into play. Yeah. You know, I got to mm-hmm. go over to mom's, and I can't not eat mom's pie. Right. right? She'll get her feelings hurt. She'll get her feelings hurt. Yes. My friends like happy hour. Yeah. Right. I, I, my, I have to go with my friends. How do I mm-hmm. man, manage my social engagements or workplace temptations? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I'm at the ballpark with my kids multiple nights a week. Right. You know, eating hot dogs and nachos. Well, and they'll say things like, so I can't do that. Right. Right. Oh, I'm at the That's ballpark. That's all there was to eat. That's all there is mm-hmm. to eat. So I, I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. So what would be the response to that, Heather? Well, I mean, you could go one or two ways, right? I mean, you could be the person to pack your own cooler. <gasps> what? Yeah. You mean you can Bless take your you own food? You can take your own food. Is it? Would that be healthy food in my, my cooler? It, it would be choices that would get you that desired outcome. Yes. So healthy food. So that means, it means you knew you were going to be at the ballpark you long in advance long, of being there. You usually know yep. well in advance. <laughs> you kind of right? knew that. You didn't just appear in the ballpark. No. So when you're planning your meals out for the week and you're setting that the stage for that wait plan. wait wait time out Planning? people actually plan their meals for the week you just don't eat <laughs> when you're hungry well you do if you don't want to achieve your right. desired outcome right yeah but i mean yes you you can definitely take your own own food to the ballpark wow. or you can manage it into your day and you can stay super dialed in the rest of the day and you can go ahead and manage in those nachos for yeah. dinner well, but that ends, that that could lend itself to three sets of nachos. So we just got to be careful. Right. Well, you have to set your standards. Oh, too. it's a volume okay. matters. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you can never have right. ballpark nachos. Right. Well, but so this takes it to the to the other part of this conversation, which is all of these things described are perceived as happening to you, <laughs> like you are now somehow the victim of your social situations. Mm-hmm. You're the victim of your parental expectations. You're the victim of your worst workplace temptations, right? All of those are, are happening to you. So as a result, no control. I couldn't do it. I couldn't help it. It's all not my fault. It's somebody else's fault, right? Which that's the big limiting factor from my experience is it's not the bag of Doritos that's holding us back. It's our mindset. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I think that speaks to it. When you see your food, your food, uh, your eating environment as just a circumstance, wherever you happen to be, whatever you happen to feel, you then act on it to then put it into your body. Yes. That is situational. Mm-hmm. It's circumstantial. Right. I, I as- don't feel like chicken and broccoli. Do you? <laughs> no. Nobody does. The, the converse to that is it because you need to transfer from circumstantial to intentional. Right. Intense. So part of the elevation of awareness that you drive is how do you take your eating and raise it to a level of intention? So talk a little bit about that. So if your goal is to, and we talk a lot about protein, right? So we're, we, we want to keep muscle. It's very, very important. Um, you know that a certain percentage of the calories that you take in need to be protein. Protein, meat, you know. And I learned of- that on the document you gave me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I got knowledge for that. So <laughs> then I know that if I'm, say I'm going to the ballpark, um, what's to eat at the ballpark besides a very overprocessed hot dog? What else is sold at the ballpark? Popcorn, nachos. Yeah. Mostly carbohydrates, mm-hmm. right? So I could take a packet of tuna. Because I know i got to get that protein, right? And for me to be able to get that, then I've got to have that with me. That's intentionally getting the proper macronutrient for your body. 
Yeah, well, I, and I, I, th- I want to elevate it up one level because I think when you start talking about being intentional, it speaks to, we just got to have a plan. Right. I mean, you got to pick a time that on, whether it's like a Sunday night, use that as an example, and look out into your week and know on Sunday that you're going to be in the ballpark Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. You have to have an elevated amount of awareness to ask yourself the question, what are you going to do? Absolutely. Yeah, you've got to look at the whole week and where you're going to be and plan accordingly. And and like that there's a level of specificity that you have to have in that plan. You can't just show up to work and, you know, eat what you feel like, right? It's like what are you going to have for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks? Like you have to think about all of it. In the beginning, that's the hard part because mm-hmm. this really is about building the habit. Habits are things you do without thinking. Well, initially, we're going to have to think about it. There's going to have to be reminders. There may have to be timers. There may have to be reminders from your coaches to, hey, it's Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m. What's your plan? What are all the events? Is, is, is it donut day at work on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Write that down because mm-hmm. there's a possibility that's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, charting a course of action through your week plays an active role of intention to ensure that you're not caught off guard by the circumstance of food. Right, absolutely. I think if you don't plan, shop, and have something prepped, you're setting yourself up right. to not have a great week. Yeah, so, choices. Yeah. So, go ahead. go ahead. We've been doing this a really long time, so sometimes it's hard as coaches to remember what it was like before we were in the habit of having habit. food mm-hmm. prepared at home. Like, sometimes I find myself talking to a client, and I'm like, yeah, just, you know, take a Sunday or Saturday or half a day on Monday or whatever you've got available and just whip up some chicken and some vegetables, and there you go, all week. And then you can make that ten different ways. Mm-hmm. And, and they're just looking at me like, are you kidding me? Because th- there are people who don't think ahead at all about they don't know at five o'clock what's for dinner well and that's the difference Uh between circumstantial eating it's because the circumstance it's five right so there's the circumstance and i'm going to be at the ballpark and yeah (laughs) right so so guess we're having nachos so intentional is i knew that that was going to be five (laughs) o'clock i know it's going to be five o'clock on wednesday and i'm going to be hungry i know that on sunday so let's plan for it and I think that's the big transition from an action perspective. You know, we talk about knowledge, but now it's, that's an example of establishing a habit that then over time it becomes your norm. That doesn't happen in a week. No, that takes that several weeks. It doesn't happen in six weeks. Yeah. That, look, <laughs> it is not easy. Right. Mm-mm. And there are weeks where you don't feel like planning, right? So you have to, then what do you do? You know, then you have to learn different strategies of keeping a notebook, looking back at previous weeks, just taking something you did a month ago, right? Or a meal prep Yes. So exactly. Yeah. Have have an out. Having freezer staples. Someone says, I want to be the kind of person who can take my food to the ballpark. I want to be the kind of person who food preps on Sunday. What has to happen before that? Okay. Then on Saturday or Friday, I got to get to the grocery store. Gotta, right. Like, we got to walk it backwards. Right. And there's always that. Oh, no matter what our goal is, we got to walk it backwards. And how do we set ourselves into motion 
to make that happen. And that's the role of a coach. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of role a coach plays to help you get in motion and keep you in the lane that helps you down that path. So that sort of leads us, if, you, if, you, if we summarize this into five problems we're trying to solve. The first one is, this is not a knowledge problem. This is an action problem. we got to do something. Second is, uh, we've made it too complicated. we got to make it simple. we got to keep this easy. we got to keep it simple. Uh, we got to acknowledge that there are social events that could blow things up. What are you going to do when you're faced with a social event? Family event. There's going to be an issue where you're going to run into a family event and mom makes you guilty for eating the pie. What are you going to do? Initially versus long-term and then ultimately workplace. If you're in a workplace environment and there's tons of temptations and everybody's guilting you to social or, or a happy hour or donut day or whatever, how are you going to manage that? So we've kind of stumbled into a way we're going to do it and we're going to introduce it here a little bit, talk about it. But Heather, what, what, are, you going to, what are you putting together? Well, I am, I think we are, we're wrapping up next week, our first small group nutrition. Okay. Um, uh, an old client came to me at the beginning of the year and I'd previously worked with Madeline for about a year in one-on-one coaching. And she came to me at the beginning of the year and she said, Hey, I really, uh, my habits have slipped, which happened to all of us. We hear that a lot too. Um, I've gotten out of my habits again and I really need the accountability of coaching but I've got some friends and some family members that want to do it with me. Would you lead a small group? And I thought, you know, Lori and I have talked about things like this in the past, and I really felt like this is a great opportunity to not just, you know, a small group where you're throwing a bunch of random people in together, but these are people who truly share life together. They talk every day. They're sharing meals. They're going to kid birthday parties. Like, these are people who are basically sharing all their life together. And they're all going to be on the same page. Like, what better way to really break down some of those barriers? Okay. Yeah. So you've experienced that. You've kind of gone through it. How is how is that helping offset some of those problems? Well, first of all, we'll say, like, it's two couples. Okay. And so I think one of the biggest uh, takeaways for, for me is – it has strengthened their relationship because they are on the same page. Um, there was a situation where Madeline is normally the planner. She plans the meals for the week for the family, and she had a lot of extra responsibility, super stressed out, you know, didn't really want to do the meal planning. Guess what? Matt steps in. He's like, I got you, babe. Does the meal plan for the family, gets the shopping done, takes care of things, Right. And that all happened because they did small group nutrition together. They were holding each other accountable, and they were on the same page. They knew what the expectation was. So there's no risk then of one saying, hey, I want to go eat X or do X or that's outside, and the other one feeling guilty or bad because they don't want to, right? Absolutely. They're reminding each other, even when they went away on vacation, They set standards, okay? They knew they weren't going to be able to do all those actions that we have been working on. That's not possible for anybody on a vacation, but they can set some standards, three goals that they can achieve every single day. And they did that, and they held each other accountable. So what was the duration of time? And you kind of have a, what, first stage, second stage, sort of where are they, and where do they start, and little highlights of that, that, the progression. Absolutely. So our level one, that's our first phase and that lasts about six weeks. And this is when we really focused on those 
basic habits that everybody thinks about when they think of nutrition, okay? What are they? Drinking your water, eating your vegetables, fruits, getting those micronutrients, eating protein at every meal, and intentional movement with, you know, exercise, walking, increasing your need throughout the day, that sort of thing. So that's what we really, really worked on, uh, being consistent, again, bringing our actions into alignment with who we want to be. Now, for uh, clarity, these were not current gym members. They were outside Rock City. Yes. That were working with you separately. Correct. So they were, you were able to kind of still keep them engaged with fitness and all that. So they didn't have to be members to still no, be able to participate. No, they, none of them are members of Rock City. Um, they are members at other gyms yeah. or they have equipment at home that they, that they use to get in movement. Cool. Now, the couples that were in it, they, both couples... Husbands agreed. They're all on the same. Wife didn't drag the husband into right. this. And no. Say, We're doing this together. Everybody has to agree. Yes. Right. Everybody agreed. Everybody was very committed and has stayed very committed throughout the process. Yeah. And that's really key because if you're, if you're not um, teamed up on this, you're just running the risk of hitting the barrier that we talked about earlier, which is a derailment from some other sort. Now, was there a friend group that did some of this at all, or was this, were they, they're friends, so they hang out too? Right. So they had a friend that joined them in level one, okay. and then she had an injury. She got injured playing tennis, and so she did not move on to level two, which level one, like I said, is more of like the basic okay. um, actions that we're working on. And then in level two, it was the two couples okay, gotcha. that moved on. So I had four people in that level two group. And that's where things get really spicy. And uh, you're really able to like think of the needs of the group as a whole and also the individual. So we're able to not only dig into the nutritional needs of each person, but also um, think about the group. So these are big travelers, right? They're all traveling uh, for pleasure, for work constantly. So a lot of our conversation was around travel and how to stay on track for that. So what, how, has that been successful for them so far? So far, okay. yes. So, so good. They're ways to report it out or how what are they saying what well are some of their quotes? Uh, one of the girls she's a buyer at dillard's and she went to market in la and she before she left she had her plan she had her standards um she went she was able to uh, make better choices get movement in drink her water throughout the day she cut back on alcohol didn't cut it out just cut back and then she said she left from that work trip, that was the first time she had left a work trip feeling good about her choices. Good. And knowing that it's possible to go to a, a way to a, a long week at market and still stay on track. Okay. So we're considering now this sort of cohort environment as successful in order to help solve some of those problems we talked about. Absolutely. I think the power of it is just them knowing each other and them having a lot of things in common. Yeah, and it's very similar to what we experience in working out in the classroom environment. Mm -hmm. This baked-in, built-in accountability. Show up to class. You want them to be there. People gravitate to each other because of their similarities, right? Like the, Whether it's what they do for a living or age or whatever, they make friends. Think about if... The friends that you are already with or your family members, we have a lot of families here that do a lot together. 
what if everybody in that little group had the same goal to just be better, just be a little bit better? Not Maybe it's not weight loss. Maybe it's just, I want to feel stronger. I want to sleep better. I want to, um, my gut, I want my gut to be mm-hmm. better. You know, there's so many goals outside of just weight loss that nutrition addresses. So what if, you know, you have five people that you hang out with anyway, and we're all like, you know, don't, don't we all think we need to be better? Yeah, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's make some changes. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think this is really, I think we're onto something here. And you guys are starting to prove out the value um, of sharing those experiences so that everybody elevates. Everybody, you know, when one is dropping back, the other one pulls them along. When other ones drop, the other pulls it along. Mm-hmm. And I think that may be a way to help offset some of these uh, hesitations. And, and just like any relationship, I'm going to think about, you know, like Phil and I when we're, I'm having a bad day and he's pulling me across the finish line. Like, all right, you're being negative. Let's not, you know, same with him. Like things aren't that bad. Just like that. If you're, if you're doing, if you're trying to eat better with a group of people and one, one person's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm having, I'm eating that whole pizza. This tonight's <laughs> my night. That's it. Somebody else is going to go, you know, in a couple of days we have this going on, this going on. You're probably going to eat a little bit more then. How about this random Tuesday? You don't do that, and we just hold off until Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wait to eat it's... the whole pizza until Lori goes out of town. <laughs> That's it. Lori goes out of yeah. town, I eat the whole pizza. It's going to happen. Well, guys, um, so if if you were to give advice to maybe there's a people, some people out there thinking of their friends, their friend group, you know, absent calling us and signing up for coaching, what should they do with each other? Have the conversation. Yeah. Is there anything you want to work on? Right. I mean, everybody's got something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, find your group. Mm-hmm. Have a plan. Typically, it's the people you're, you know, hanging out with anyway. I, I, who are you? Who are, who, what's your normal? Mm-hmm. What are you doing every day? So find those people and have a conversation. Yeah. And just have, have an idea. Let's try this. And if you've got some... Uh, people around you or coaches that you can reach out to, do it. If you want to reach out to us, I'll put a link in the show notes, put you in touch with Heather or Timey, and maybe you guys, if you have your own small group that's getting together anyway and you want to change direction, we'd love to help you. So, And it's not like, I um, want to make sure we understand, this is not... Um, we're looking for a group of five people. We're just sticking you at the random. These are, right. th- this is friendships or family or people who are already coworkers. Yeah. Great for a work environment. Group yeah. of work mom friends, friends mm-hmm. who they're at the ball field multiple times a week. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or at cheer competitions every weekend. Cause if they're all bringing their food, it's not weird. E- exactly. Right. If only one brings the food. Oh, they're weird. Having been a, a school teacher in the past, it would have been an amazing thing to do with my second grade team. Mm-hmm. You know, because we all sat together for lunch. We all met after school. A lot of us had our hands in the cookie jar, you know, in the candy because we were stressed. People who are experiencing the same thing together. Mm -hmm. So that environment, that's what throws everybody off. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of them knowing each other is you Mm -hmm. can customize, like, what you do, your actions towards whatever that group needs. Yep. Like the teacher lounge. Teacher's lounge. Teacher's lounge. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for talking about nutrition with us. Um, This will continue to be a very important element of what Rock City Complete Fitness offers. Uh, We have we are very passionate about nutrition. So, uh, on behalf of Heather Berry and Lori Forrester, thank you for joining the RCCF podcast.